Hey everybody, this is uh, Dan Whitney coming at you, uh, also known as Larry the Cable Guy, a car, or a mater from the Cars franchise, and we have a good time in here. Um, I'm here with uh, Pastor Brian Clark, my buddy, uh, my buddy uh, Nat Crawford, and uh, this is season seven of Talking Truth. We're going to be sharing the scripture in Genesis 40. And this is about discouragement and doubt, something I think that everyone goes through. And uh, hope uh, we hope that uh, through a little uh, humor and uh, a little and uh, a good message mixed together, it can uh, uplift some of it, some of you out there. So anyway, Brian's going to read the text, and we're going to uh, chime in when it's done, and sometimes even during, <laughs> guaranteed, and All ruin right. his flow. All right. So I absolutely believe in the sovereignty of God, but I must admit, sometimes things just don't make any sense. I mean, if God could, then why doesn't he? I don't know. Years ago, a missionary challenged us to pray for an unreached people group in the world. As a family, we were assigned the Dune people in Mali, West Africa. We did this for years. With the three girls, we all diligently prayed God would send someone to tell these people about Jesus. Finally, we received word that a young couple named Jeff and Faye were preparing to go to the Dune people. As a family, we corresponded back and forth with them. Finally, all the preparations were completed. But on the day the house in the village was ready for them, Faye contracted a disease and she died. Jeff was left with two small children. All he could do was pack up go back home. You tell me, what sense does that make? Here's a couple ready to give their lives to bringing the gospel to this unreached people group, and Faye dies. I mean, why wouldn't God do something about that? Why does it have to be that way? I don't know. I just know I was left with the task of trying to explain to my young girls why Faye died and to try to address questions I really didn't have answers for. I'm quite certain Joseph had lots of questions without answers as he sat falsely accused in an Egyptian prison cell. When Joseph was sold into slavery, he was 17 years old. Now in prison, he is 28. How many of those years were in Potiphar's house and how many were in prison? It's impossible to determine. But this has been a long, hard road for Joseph. One day, the chief baker and the chief cupbearer offended the king and they were thrown into the prison with Joseph. These would have been high-ranking officials who served the king. After some time passed, they both had dreams. Since there was no one else around to interpret the dreams, Joseph offered to do it for them. This is actually quite a step of faith for Joseph. Remember, it was his dreams that so angered his brothers and even his father. His brothers called him the dreamer when they threw him in the pit. At this point, you might say those dreams ruined Joseph's life. He hadn't been promoted as the dreams indicated. He'd been demoted from favored son to enslaved prisoner. Yet with his dreams unfulfilled and with great faith, he interpreted the dreams of both men. Joseph told the cupbearer that his dream meant in three days he would be restored to his position before Pharaoh. Joseph's only request of the cupbearer was to remember him to the Pharaoh when he returned to his role. 
Perhaps Joseph, seeing a light at the end of the tunnel, thought finally this is a way out. But to the baker, he reported that in three days, Pharaoh would put him to death. Well, three days later, the cupbearer was restored, and the baker was put to death exactly as Joseph had predicted. Joseph knew that the cupbearer was back in the presence of the Pharaoh, and he could explain to him that Joseph was falsely accused. You can imagine Joseph waiting for someone to come and let him out. He must have perked up at every sound, thinking finally it was someone coming to release him. But the text simply states, The chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but he forgot him. Notice the writer repeats the message, he forgot him. I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. This was Joseph's ticket out. But Joseph would have to wait. Not days, not months, but two more long years he would wait in prison. It's hard to imagine the disappointment and confusion Joseph must have felt. Why? Why did it have to be that way? How many times can you be disappointed before you don't have the energy to hope anymore? The psalmist writes, How long, O God, how long will you forget me? How long do I have to cry out? I mean, that must have been how Joseph felt. Is God sovereign? Yes. Joseph perfectly interpreted the dreams of the cupbearer and the baker. Certainly those dreams were from God, and God gave Joseph the exact interpretation. So why did Joseph have to sit in prison for two more years? I don't know. God doesn't always do what we want him to do, or what I think he should do. He sometimes doesn't give me answers to my questions. Sometimes all I can do is hold on tight and believe God's up to something, even though it seems to make no sense to me. I believe by faith, and sometimes that's all I have to hold on to in those most difficult moments in life. In those moments, that has to be enough. This story is not over, but for now, it is very hard. Let's bring in Dan and Nat. Let's talk about this. So maybe not exactly what people wanted to hear today. I think they may not want to hear it, but I think it's probably where most people are realistically at. That's They've all experienced those moments in their lives where they're going, I trust God. I want to trust God, but something just isn't quite adding up. I mean, God's sovereignty, I think, is is wonderful. It brings people a lot of comfort. But if we're honest, I think it can be really confusing, if not frustrating. Would you agree, Dan? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I heard Greg Glory talking about it one time. Uh, it was when uh, someone lost their son or something like that. But he said, what we have to basically do is concentrate on what we do know mm-hmm. and don't concentrate on what we don't know. So, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely, it's tough. And I just think in those situations, that's why we have these texts, because once we keep going in the lesson, we understand what happened later on. But while you're in these trials, no, it is tough. And my, my only, the only thing I can think in situations like this is just, man, you're running the race. Hmm. You're running the race. Don't stop the race. There's a reason why this has happened 
in the course of your race. Um, as believers, as Christians, we know that we go. This is in our home, and there's a better place waiting for us. Our actual home, and this is a race that we have to complete. And that's the that's the only thing that I can think in these situations is there's a there's a reason this happens. We're only humans. I mean, God. He made the whole universe. So my thoughts aren't anywhere near his thoughts. So there's a purpose in everything. Regardless if we like the purpose, there is a purpose. Joseph didn't curse God and say, why well, you, I did. He didn't do that. Hmm. He stayed faithful. And I think that's obviously why this text is written for us. Just stay faithful stay on the track, keep running the race. There's a reason for it. And just, man, just, just, you love Jesus. So trust him. Hmm. I know it's hard, but there is a purpose and a reason for it. Hmm. And you, it's interesting. You're talking about Greg Laurie doing that, uh, the funeral or the message related to the, uh, to the guy that lost his son. And you said, all, all we can focus on is what we do know to be true. Right. I had a very similar funeral several years ago, a eight-year-old, very sweet eight-year-old boy that loved Jesus, died of cancer. It was just a really, really hard story. And at the funeral, there's, there, there's so many questions, and I don't have the answers, and neither does anybody else in the room. Right. And I spent probably 20 minutes and the message was, these are the things we do know are mm -hmm. true. Because in that moment, that's what, you, that's what you hang on to. It's what you cling to. Absolutely. Well, I think that's what most of us try to do in the times of uncertainty. I know recently for me, the, some things came up with um, our family. And immediately, you just go and you search for the answers. And so what you're looking for is something truthful. Something that is based on reality that will help ground you and bring you comfort and peace. And so I think we as Christians, that's exactly what you said, Dan. That's why God gave us this text. It's to come back to reality. When the world and life seem so uncertain, so challenging, we experience those speed bumps, the, the death of a child, the health diagnosis, the financial problems, whatever it is, God says, now let, come back, focus on what you do know so that you can keep moving forward. But I, I'm curious, Brian, what you would say to this, because Dan brought up the, the, I think, the truth that there is purpose behind what we go through, the challenges we experience in the path and in this race. But we know that verse, all things work together for good, right, to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. What does that verse really mean? Because if we're not careful, we'll begin to think, well, if we pray, it's all just going to work out in the end. But clearly in the story you shared at the beginning, that's not exactly what transpired. So what does that verse or purpose mean in our trials? Yeah, I, I think the danger is, in first of all, thinking that means God made this happen or wanted it to happen. Mm -hmm. And that's not what the verse is saying. You know, we live in a fallen, broken world. And I think... A lot of this stuff grieves the heart of God, just like it grieves us. It's it's not the way he wanted the world to be. Mm -hmm. But 
with a secular worldview, you go through the same suffering and heartache. I mean, nobody gets a free pass through this world, but for no reason. Hmm. You know, what? in the end, what is it for? Hmm. But in a Christian worldview, there's still a God, and God is sovereign, and God's up to something. And uh, God can take the most difficult moments, the most devastating tragedies, and use it for good. We may or may not ever understand what that good is, mm. but God's God, and, and he has his way of taking the most difficult situations and circumstances of life and using them to accomplish something something that matters, something mm. that will matter forever. Well, and if you went through life where everything was la-di-da and, and roses and, you know, soda pops, mm. you know, then you're not going to have any experiences to help somebody that's gone through something. Very true. I think a lot of us go through certain things because God needs people to help people that have situations beyond their control, especially mm. if they're not saved. And so you, certain individuals have certain talents, certain gifts that they can use to help other people. Hmm. Um, so it's, you know, like if you've lost a son or you've lost a, a friend or if you had cancer or if you, those are situations that you can use as good to benefit other people that are going through the same situation. And especially if they're not saved, you can also share the gospel. It's a good way to share the gospel with Absolutely. them. Absolutely. So, I mean, who knows why uh, God does those things? I think that's one of the reasons why he does those things. It gives me comfort hmm. knowing that, well, yeah, this sucks. This isn't good. But you know what? I love Jesus. I know where I'm going. I am not scared of death. I know where I'm going. I can use this opportunity to help someone else that is going through that and pray that God brings me through it. I think if you stay faithful uh, and run that race, um, I think that's what this whole the whole purpose of that is. I mean, because like I said, who can understand what <laughs> the, the thoughts of God? I mm -hmm. can't. But I will say this. I am thankful that God gave us a sense of humor. Because a sense of humor really helps you deal with a lot of things. And I know that I've dealt through tragedies just through a sense of humor. <laughs> you got to have a sense of humor about some things. Uh, if you don't have a sense of humor, I feel bad for you <laughs> because I knew a lot. I've had friends that have had cancer, that have had legs amputated. And you know what? You spend 40 minutes with them, and you belly laugh through 15 of them. Mm. And, man, that is, a, that is a good gift to have. And so, yeah, that's, that's, my, that's <laughs> my two cents on everything. I, I don't understand it, but I'm going to stay faithful and understand that God's got something going on. I found, you know, back to the humor thing, so when I do – Funerals, I'll gather the family. I've heard your funerals are hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, that's, that's when I'm really funny. But I'll gather the family and ask them, you know, what are the things that you loved about this person? What are the things you want to remember and celebrate? And it will go from obviously pretty devastating start to the conversation right. to remembering stories and telling stories and starting to laugh 
Right. And it ends up often being uh, a, a time of remembering, celebrating, laughing, and there's a healing to that. that Absolutely. That there's a celebration of life as they re- as they remember this person. So mm. I, even in that context, I've seen that bring a lot of joy to people, even right. in the even in their sorrowful moments. Absolutely. And and if you know Jesus, if you know where you're going and you're saved, I mean, it's sad you're losing somebody, you know. But in the end, you're going to see him again. God promises you that. So stay faithful. You're going to see him again. You just finish the race, man. Stay faithful. One, one other thing I wanted to add is, so I found it helpful over the years to think kind of through this grid, and that is, I know God hears me when I cry out. Right. I know that God loves me. He sent his son for me. I know God has the power to change whatever the circumstance is that's so difficult. So if that's true and whatever the circumstance then has come through that filter, there must be a reason why this is in my life. Right. And so if that's true, then I can accept that. If the alternative was God doesn't hear me or God doesn't care or God simply doesn't have the power to do anything about it, that would be hard to accept. Right. But because of what's true, then there must be a reason, even though I likely will never know the reason. I can accept that and believe and trust that God's in control. Absolutely. Well, like Paul's affliction. Yeah. Never told us what it was, but yeah. man, he struggled with it. Yeah. Then, you know. Yeah. So we are, we're not any different. We yeah. all have an affliction somehow. Something's there's always something going on. So maybe a final thought from both of you, people out there going through some tough stuff and it doesn't seem to make sense to them. Yeah. You What's know what? something practical? If you're going through discouragement and doubt, just remember uh, God loves you and he's got a blueprint for your life and you have no idea what he sees in the future. Uh, just stay faithful. There's a purpose for everything, whether you can see it or not. There is a purpose for anything. And you know what? What's the alternative? What's the alternative? Turning your back on Christ and going and drinking and getting drunk and delving into drugs. That's, I mean, that's that's a pathetic life hmm. alternative. Yeah, it doesn't change anything. No, and it doesn't change anything and it makes things worse. Hmm. Worse, worst, worse. <laughs> so, uh, you know what? Stay, just uh, just uh, finish the race. There's going to be bumps on the race, but you can do it. God is with you. You can do it. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, here we are 40 chapters into Genesis, and it's very clear that in the midst of pain and uncertainty, God truly is working towards a greater purpose. Absolutely. Even in the midst of each one of these setbacks, we can continually see that God was moving a mission forward. When I look around this room today, I know every one of us have had those moments in our lives, whether it's a heart issue, child with um, health issues, cancer, whatever it is. In the moment, and even through, we may not know all the details, but we have seen God's hand through those situations. He has delivered us through them, and he is leveraging those moments for a greater purpose, for the gospel to encourage and to um, see something greater happen. Absolutely. And for anybody who's going, well, yeah, but you guys have never been through it. 
Trust me. Trust me. We've all oh, been yeah. through some crazy been there, stuff done that. where we were like, why in the world? Why? So we've all been there. We've all been there. And you know what? As we go through this, this is why it's in the Bible. It, wait and see how it turns out for Joseph, okay? Just wait and see how it turns out for Joseph. So there's everything that's in that's written in these texts um, are there for a purpose. And these people were just like us. Except I don't know how funny Joseph was, but I think <laughs> I'm sure that might have helped him out. Hey, hey, Brian here. I just want you to know a little bit about our sponsor, GoTandem. You may be familiar with workout apps. Well, GoTandem is a spiritual fitness app that's designed to meet you where you're at spiritually and nourish and strengthen you with God's Word. It's a great way to add a spiritual fitness routine to your life. So download GoTandem today. It's free. Give it a try. That's GoTandem, T-A-N-D-E-M. And now it's time for me to go. So have a great day, and I hope you'll join us again here on the next episode. Get it done.